O'Brien Health takes the responsibility to lead and to do the things that make everyone better, healthier, and moving forward together. Here's another of our Brian Health Radio podcast interviews with Melanie Cole. We've all seen in the media about the symptoms of a heart attack where a man gasps, clutches his chest, and falls to the ground, when in reality, a heart attack victim could easily be a woman, and the symptoms could be very different. My guest today is Dr. Matthew Johnson. He's a cardiologist at Brian Heart. Welcome to the show, Dr. Johnson. So let's talk about women and heart disease and women and heart attack symptoms. So first of all, women and heart disease, how much of a risk factor is heart disease for women, and who is at risk? Yeah, heart disease is often underdiagnosed in women. And I think that, you know, postmenopausal women often have the same risk of heart disease as men their age. And so it's something that's often overlooked um, based on some of the symptoms aren't classic and clear-cut like sometimes the male counterparts would be. But women in heart disease, it's uh, a big uh, problem. It's the number one killer of women, actually, when we look at uh, statistics. So would a woman know that she has heart disease? Because some of the symptoms, and I'm going to ask you to give some of them, some of those symptoms mimic stress, anxiety, bronchitis. I mean, we sometimes have all these things in women. We sometimes put that stuff to the back burner while we're caring for everybody else in the family. So speak about the symptoms that you want women to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, a lot of time you hear physicians talk about chest pain or ER doctors talk about chest pain, but that's not always the case with uh, myocardial infarctions or heart attacks. You know, a lot of times the symptoms can be very vague, especially in women who don't have that classic presentation of a chest heaviness or pressure type sensation. Sometimes uh, this can be vague symptoms such as nausea, like you were mentioning, or anxiety, sometimes shortness of breath, or sometimes just, you know, not feeling right. But the one thing that uh, we want to really stress is a lot of times if you're having symptoms with exertion that's relieved with rest. Now, that should be a red flag to really let your primary care physician know, or uh, if you are seeing a cardiologist, let them know that you're having some kind of change in that character of pain. So that's an important point, is with exercise, the pain that, that subsides with rest, that's an important red flag. When does somebody say that it's time to really call the doctor if they're, if they're nauseous, they're sweating, they've got any of these kinds of symptoms, we still sometimes put it aside and say, oh, I've got, I must have the flu. Oh, yes. We see this all the time where someone's been dealing with something for, you know, even up to two, three weeks where they just really are convinced that it's some kind of, you know, viral thing, upper respiratory thing. But, you know, I think the key is, um, you know, daily exercise is so important in preventing uh, heart disease, but it's also your way of knowing if something's changing. And so I always tell patients that I want them to exercise. You know, our goal for them is to try to get 50 minutes in, or excuse me, 150 minutes in every week. And that's usually 30 minutes, five days a week is what we recommend. But not only is it good for them, but it's also their uh, tell sign if something is changing. So if they should have some exertional symptoms, and you know we just got caught in saying chest pain again because that's what we say in the medical world is are you having any chest pain? Now I don't know how many times I've seen someone having a heart attack in the emergency room, and we we ask them are you having chest pain? And you know even though they're sweating and they're nauseous, they look up and say no doc, I'm not having chest pain. It just feels like Nelson sitting on my chest. And so we have to be careful because uh, that's medical community, you know, we use chest pain for a variety of descriptive terms. 
But, you know, if there's any symptom, which may not even be chest pressure or heaviness, it might be, you know, nausea or it may be a shortness of breath that's out of proportion to what they would previously have had two, three months prior. But if any kind of symptom that gets worse with exercise and is better when they sit down and rest and their heart rate comes down and their blood pressure comes down, that should be a red flag that uh, they need to notify their physician and get evaluated. Dr. Johnson, in terms of numbers and our annual physicals for women, what do you want us to know about the importance of blood pressure, cholesterol, possibly C-reactive protein, and stress in the role of heart disease as it contributes to a possible heart attack in women? Yeah, I think, you know, the blood pressure management is such an important uh, risk factor in prevention for coronary disease and strokes. Uh, in patients. But you know, our goal blood pressure over the last 15, 20 years is, has varied a little bit. But you know, I tell patients, you know, we kind of have that prehypertensive range now, which we've established with the newest guidelines in that 120 systolic to 140 systolic range. And so we kind of want to keep those blood pressures right around that 120 mark for the systolic number. We also want to see that down, you know, in the diastolic uh, number less than 85 or closer to 80 uh, as far as a, a range to shoot for. Cholesterol is always uh, you know, one of those things we've also went back and forth with guideline numbers. You know, I think that identifying risk factors based on age, blood pressure, family history, smoking status, whether or not they're diabetic, all will influence whether or not their physician might start them on cholesterol-lowering medications or not. For patients with no prior history of coronary disease or prior history of stent or bypass, we're going to recommend shooting for a goal LDL or bad cholesterol level of at least less than 130, probably even closer to that 100 uh, range as far as the, the bad cholesterol level. We also want to encourage the diet component of this risk factor stratification. The American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association recommend a heart-healthy diet. And what really closely resembles what we consider a heart-healthy diet is a Mediterranean-style diet. And that kind of diet uh, is something that uh, higher in fresh fruits and vegetables, lower in red meat, uh, lower in dessert level, and also the olive oil uh, is not a huge component of what we think is a success of Mediterranean, but it is a better oil to use with cooking. So as long as you're bringing nutrition into it, let's speak about nutrition's role in our the contribution to heart disease. And as you, if patients ask you, Dr. Johnson, well, what should I be eating? Or what shouldn't I be eating that might contribute to bad cholesterol, which could contribute to heart disease? What do you tell them? You know, I start off, letting patients know that this is a lifelong endeavor on uh, changing and modifying their diet. The first thing is really, you know, getting some knowledge and getting some guidelines. And I think a nutritionist is a very beneficial tool here to help uh, with patients' understanding of what a great heart-healthy diet is. You know, fiber content is important. Diets higher in fiber is very important, but also the uh, more the bread and butter type of diet. I really want patients to to mirror that Mediterranean diet with less red meat, less fried food, more protein source from fish or chicken or even other protein sources rather than red meat. The red meat that they do have, I do recommend leaner cuts and smaller portion size uh, for that. Living in Nebraska, it's hard to get away from, uh, you know, completely away from steaks and red meat, but I do think there are some cuts that are a little bit leaner and a little bit better from a uh, cholesterol perspective. And then the fresh fruits and vegetables and the diet uh, higher in that is going to be very beneficial in helping lower that cholesterol. 
So then wrap it up for us, Dr. Johnson, with your best advice for preventing heart disease, possibly preventing a heart attack in women, what you want them to know about living a healthy lifestyle, stress reduction, exercise, so that they can really know what to look for. Yeah, I think the things that we've talked about are very important. They're really knowing their body when there's something changing or some symptom that might be coming on. I think uh, stressing the diet, stressing an exercise pattern, again, trying to get that 150 minutes a week of cardiovascular workout. Stress management is always hard, but it's still a very, very important part in lowering that risk of heart disease. But understanding their body, understanding the symptoms that you have, and really that uh, knowledge that your your symptom of a heart disease may not be the classic presentation that you've always heard about on TV or in the textbook of that substernal heaviness or pressure. And to look for those other vague symptomatology that might uh, persuade you to get in to see a physician or let them know that something's going on. And if you're concerned about your heart health, take our free, quick, and confidential HeartAware online screening at brianhealth.org slash heartaware. That's brianhealth.org slash heartaware. Thank you so much, Dr. Johnson, for joining us today. And thank you for the women of Alpha Phi for funding this special podcast series. You're listening to Brian Health Radio. This is Melanie Cole.